Welcome to Abundant Life Chapel Online. I'm glad that you could join us today, wherever you are or whoever you're with. I want you to know that God's presence is with each of us right now in this moment. And I want us to all be reminded that God's, uh, he's, he's all-powerful, He's all-knowing, and He's ever-present, meaning He's everywhere. And, and so in this moment together, I want us to be reminded and encouraged that God has got all power and He's in control of what's all happening right now. And so I want us to take uh, comfort in that today. I like what the, a first century follower of Jesus, uh, the Apostle Paul, wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. He said these words, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and, an, and of a sound mind. You know what makes these words of the Apostle Paul so remarkable is that when he wrote this, he was actually in a Roman prison awaiting his execution. And so let's all be encouraged and, and, and take comfort in knowing that God's presence is with us. He's with us no matter what obstacle we face. And his promise to us is that he'll give us the strength we need to get through it. And so today... Uh, I'm broadcasting from home uh, because of uh, me being out of province uh, earlier this week. And uh, our, our Manitoba government has issued a statement saying that if you cross any provincial borders, that you place yourself into a 14-day quarantine. And so that's what I am on right now is a 14-day quarantine. Uh, I want to just remind you that next week, something to look forward to, uh, Jesse Welichenko, our youth director at Abundant Life Chapel, will be preaching the word and uh, broadcasting from home, and you won't want to miss it. He's got a, an incredible message he's going to share with all of us. Before I wrap up our Bodybuilders series today, I want to let you know of a few things. Uh, number one, if you are needing prayer or any kind of assistance, I please contact us by calling the church office at 204-345-2934. I've got the church office right now currently uh, forwarded to my cell phone, so when you call that number, you'll reach me directly. Uh, you can also reach out to us by uh, leaving us an email at alcmb at mymts.net. Uh, number two, we're always constantly updating our website and our social media platforms uh, to keep everyone uh, informed of what's going on at our church. Uh, also, I encourage you to check out our, our COVID-19 update. Uh, we're updating that regular regularly. You'll see on there that there's a link to our Manitoba government uh, regarding uh, everything that's going on right now with the coronavirus. And so if you need updates or want to know about any restrictions or regulations or just what's happening in our province, I encourage you to check out that link. And number three, for our church family who would like to uh, a simple and secure way of giving financially to uh, Abundant Life Chapel. Well, we've provided that way online through our website. All you have to do is go to AbundantLifeChapel.ca forward slash give. And we've just added this giving option recently. Uh, there is a small fee to use this option, uh, but it is simple to use 
and easy to use. Uh, there is a little box on there when you're filling out your giving if you would like to cover that service fee. Um, if you don't check that box, then out of your gift will come that service fee. So if you, you uh, whatever money gift you give, um, that service fee would come out of there. Uh, and so I, I just wanna thank you, church, for your continual giving during this time so that Abundant Life Chapel can continually bring light, life, and hope to our community during this time. If you've just started following us online or, or you're, you're kind of new to us uh, at Abundant Life Chapel, I, I, I don't want you to feel obligated to give. This is for our church community who is, who is invested in our church. So there is no obligation. Why don't we open up in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I ask that you would come near to anyone who's feeling anxious, lonely, fearful, or depressed because of the inconveniences the coronavirus has caused all around us with cancellations and shutdowns and social distancing. Father, I ask that you would heal those that are suffering from this virus or any other kind of illness or disease at this time. Lord, I think of those that are awaiting surgery or having surgery, Lord. Be with the doctors. Guard them from any infection. Lord, I think of those that maybe have had loved ones that have passed away during this time. Uh, Lord, bring comfort to their hearts. Or Lord, I think of those that have loved ones that are on palliative care right now and, and uh, they can only go in one at a time to see their loved one. God, I pray that you be with those families especially right now. God, I also lift up families who are already experiencing cabin fever because of social distancing or being self-quarantined. God, I pray that, that for those that have been laid off from work and are facing financial pressures at this time, I pray protection over those who are working in hospitals and medical clinics and pharmacies, grocery stores, gas stations, hotels and restaurants, as well as every trucker and trained engineer, mechanics and pilots and flight attendants and, and others who are in contact with the general public. Protect them from this virus in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask, and Lord, I pray that we would all be in agreement for this, that this virus, this pandemic would be done. It would be done all over the world, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. The Apostle Paul said this around 55 AD in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. The human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. As important as it is to care for our own bodies physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it's also imperative that we care for the body of Christ, which is each other, the church. And, and there, the body of Christ is not limited to one specific church or one specific denomination, but it is all-inclusive of all churches, all denominations that profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to the world, that, that they believe that Jesus is the one Son of God, and that they preach the entire Word of God. Those are the churches that are included in the body of Christ. One of the things that occurs in the body is that when one part of it hurts, the whole body feels it. So if you know, you get a paper cut on your finger, right? It's, it's small, but it irritates, and the whole body draws attention to it. 
just like the body of Christ, when one of us hurts, we all should feel it. And, and I believe that now, more than ever, is a good time to be part of the body of Christ. And here's what our responsibility as the body of Christ is, is that we are to reach out to those that are around us, uh, an opportunity to reach out to our neighbors and our, and our community at large. So the body of Christ, us at Abundant Life Chapel, we're, we're many moving parts, but we're part of one body. Our fifth and final bodybuilder of this series is serve one another, is serve one another. Throughout this series, I have referenced the Church in Rome. And the Church of Rome was a very diverse community. It was made up of Jews and Gentiles, very, two very different uh, ethnic backgrounds. And, and people who were slaves and people who were free, people who were strong and those that were, were weak, those who were poor and those who were rich. And because of their uh, racial and economical differences, uh, it was hard for them to accept each other as equals. So even though the thought of serving one another in a self-serving society was a foreign concept for them. This kind of diversity we can find in the churches today. And, and many of our churches have many people from different walks of life, different upbringings and, and racial and, and economical backgrounds. And, and so it is important for us that we display the love of Christ to one another. And, and serving one another and serving alongside of one another is a great way to do that. Uh, and, and, and even regardless of our, of our diversity or our upbringings and our preferences, it is so good when we can do this together. Be the church, the body of Christ together. The greatest example in the Bible of someone serving uh, others is found in the New Testament section of the Bible uh, in John chapter 13. And who would this great example be? Well, it's none other than Jesus Christ himself. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, uh, you can follow along with me. Uh, we'll be in John chapter 13, verse 4. And uh, But before we get to those verses, I, I want to explain something to you first. Being a slave uh, was the most humbly, humbling position in the Greco-Roman world uh, at that time. Slaves were the lowliest people and were given the lowliest chores, the dirtiest work, and the most difficult and demanding jobs. The kind of things that the, the common people didn't like to do, right? The jobs that no one wanted to do, well, it was given to the slaves. And one of the most humbling and lowly and I think nastiest jobs a slave would be called upon to do was washing the feet of others. I gotta be honest, the very thought of touching somebody else's feet kinda grosses me out. Um, you know, I, I, I just can't get my mind around it. I, I, I'm not a foot guy at all. Now, my wife, I mean, God bless her heart, she would love for me to, to get over that because she loves foot rubs. And, uh, and I think she would love for me to rub her feet more, but you know what, it doesn't matter how clean the feet are, sometimes I just get so grossed out about it. But today I want us to look at what John wrote about Jesus in about 90 to 100 AD. And this is, if you've got your Bibles, John chapter 13, beginning at verse 4, and we'll go on to verse 15. This is what it says. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured 
water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you'll understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter said, replied, not just my feet, but my head and my shoulders as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their, their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you, or, or though not every one of you. For, er, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is who I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Some referred to Jesus as just being a good teacher or, or a rabbi. Rabbis didn't wash other people's feet. Uh, other people washed rabbis' feet. But we're talking about Jesus here. And, and Jesus was and still is the one true son of God. He's savior to the world. He's king of kings. He's lord of lords. He's one-third of the Trinity. He is seated at the right hand of God. And his name is above all other names. And here we find Jesus washing people's feet. The lowliest, dirtiest, nasty task of that culture. Imagine wearing sandals all the time. Some of you, you know, with, with summer coming, you're, you're gonna, you, that's what you do. You wear flip-flops everywhere you go. And, and, and that's what I do too in the summertime. I love wearing flip-flops. And I gotta admit that after a day of wearing flip-flops, now, and I'm walking on pavement, right? Um, you know, you're kicking up the dust and the dirt gets, you know, into the, all the crevices of your toes. And, 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 you know, the aroma at the end of the day isn't so satisfying. It's kind of dirty and nasty. Well, back then, that's all they had for footwear was sandals. And, and they didn't have pavement to walk on. So they had dirt paths. And so their feet got pretty nasty by the time it came to mealtime at the end of the day. And, and so they would have a household servant that would wash uh, the people's feet that came, the house guests that would come in. And, but in this particular situation, there was no household servant to carry out this task. And, and, and the disciples, none of them felt like, well, why should I have to do this? They kind of felt that, you know, they were each above this task, which meant no one had washed their feet. Nasty, eh? So Jesus gets up from the table. He grabs a basin of water and a towel, and he, then he proceeds to wash each of their feet. Jesus gives the perfect object lesson of what it looks like to serve one another. With our time remaining, I want to give us three things that the Apostle Paul teaches us about serving one another in the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 3 to 8. The first thing that Paul points out is humility. And that's found in, in verse 3 of Philippians chapter 2. 
It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. I like what Rick Warren has to say about uh, humility. He says, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less, right? Sometimes we think of it the other way, that we think less of ourselves. Well, I'm no good, and I'm, 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 uh, I'm not, I'll never measure up. No, he's not talking about that kind of, that's not, that's not humility. That's another problem you've got. Uh, humility is, is putting others' needs before your own. Humility is a quality of not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to, and, and lifting others and honoring them and serving them. It, if we don't see ourselves better than somebody else or anyone else, we'll have no problem doing the menial tasks that need to be done, like, like cleaning toilets or taking out the garbage or picking up after one another or doing the dishes or clearing off the table after a meal or cleaning up the doggy doo-doo or cleaning out the litter box or shoveling the snow, any menial task. We, 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 then, it, then those menial tasks aren't beneath us, right? When we, when, uh, when we view others uh, higher than ourselves. And, and I think at Abundant Life Chapel, we're blessed because we have many in our church that, that serve in humility, serve doing the less glamorous tasks that need to be done in our church and in our church community. The second thing that Paul points out is thoughtfulness. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 4, the next verse here, he says, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I like what Sidney Powell says here. He says, try to forget yourself in the service of others. For when we think too much of ourselves and our own interests, we easily become despondent. But when we work for others, our efforts return to bless us to bless us. When we become so absorbed by our own struggles and our own problems, we, we just can't seem to get our minds off of those things. But, but when we are purposely and thoughtfully and intentionally serving others, uh, our struggles and our problems, they seem to take a back seat because now purpose takes the front seat. Purpose takes the, the, the steering wheel of our lives where those problems and struggles and obstacles that we face they kind of take a back seat. The third thing that Paul points out to us is attitude. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The word mindset can be substituted for the word attitude, right? I, how many have heard this before? Attitude is altitude. I love that. I can't remember exactly who, who quoted that, uh, but attitude is altitude. Now, remember that Paul had just given the instructions to the church in Philippi that we are not to do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather valuing others before ourselves instead of being self-focused where others focused. He's saying that we should have the same attitude as Jesus. And, and what does that attitude mean? really look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. Paul says in verses 6 to 8, he says, who being in the very nature, talking about Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. 
Rather, he made himself nothing uh, by taking uh, the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And in verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus, who deserves all the glory, honor, and praise, never once demanded his own rights here on earth. Instead, he gave up those rights so that he could take on the role of a servant, serving the entire humanity. You see, Jesus came to earth in the form of a child in one of the most stark places and in one of the most brutal times in history. He was not born into royalty, but he was born into a simple carpenter's home. And, and, and being a carpenter back then was like a physically demanding vocation at the time. They weren't high up on the, on the occupational scale. And so his life and ministry, Jesus' life and ministry revolved around being a servant, not a king, not a master, not a ruler, a servant. Think of it this way. Jesus, who was in the very essence God himself, became the very essence of a servant. And that's the attitude he wants all of us to have. Not just to serve others who can return the favor or, or, or pay us back, but to serve others who cannot and don't have the ability, almost as if to, for us when we serve, not to expect anything in return. Here's how I wanna close off things this morning. Wherever you are or whoever you're with, take some time right now to discuss some ideas on how to be a servant to others during this time of social distancing. Think of some real simple practical tasks that you can do. One of the practical things that I think we can all do in serving one another and expressing our love towards one another is checking up on our neighbors. And when I mean neighbors, I mean those that are outside of our own personal circles. Like if you're part of a church, somebody outside of the church, uh, outside of your friends. Now, also keep in touch with those within your church. Keep in touch with your friends. But your neighbors, and I'm talking about people that are next door or maybe the person across the street, right? Or, or, or if you're out in the rural, uh, the rural community, somebody that's in the next uh, section beside you, check on them. See if they need anything. It doesn't have to be a big task. Sometimes the, the best thing come in the smallest packages. So take time uh, and, and make this a discussion piece with those that you're with today. Uh, before we do that, though, let's, let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, who took on the attitude of being a servant. I thank you for his example in the book of John in doing the lowliest of all tasks in washing his followers' feet. In a time like this, I pray that we would see an outbreak an outbreak of random acts of kindness and of love towards one another. Reveal to our hearts how we can make a difference, big or small, in the lives of those that are around us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today online. We'll see you next week when our youth director, Jesse Welichenko, brings the word. 
but be sure to check us out on AbundantLifeChapel.ca or any of our uh, social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. God bless. We'll see you next week.